This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. A new global ranking of transit systems puts the TTC halfway through the list. Are you surprised by this? 54th out of 100 cities ranked on the trans on their transit systems by the Arcata Sustainable Cities Mobility Index. Toronto, 54th out of 100 global cities. We welcome your calls as always 416-360-0740 toll-free 1-866-744-740. Joining us with reaction to this news is transit advocate Steve Monroe in studio. Welcome Steve, great to have you along here in the studio. It wasn't so long ago I think we were talking about the King Street streetcars. Yes, we were. So it's good to get your take on this. And also Thomas Franz, president of Arcadis Canada. Thomas, we'll start with you and talk about the criteria that went into the ranking. Right. Thanks for having me. So um, what we did is we basically looked at 100 cities around the world. Um, the study was conducted for Arcadis by CBER. It's uh, actually the Centre for Economics and Business Research in London. And uh, we looked at the three pillars of sustainability. Um, the way we define sustainability basically for a city is a city is most sustainable when people like to live, work, and invest in that city. So um, we translated that into the three pillars of uh, people, planet, and profit, where people basically looks at how people experience a city, and in this case, a transit system. Um, Planet looks at the environmental impacts of uh, of the uh, transit system, and profit looks at how it's funded for one uh, oh. one hand, but also um, you know whether it encourages investment. Now, the TTC did the best in the environmental category. Yes, it did very well. That's right. Um, and why is that? Um, the uh, uh, planet uh, side of things, um, first of all, in Toronto, uh, based on the research we have, um, Toronto has good air quality in, in relation to the other cities in North America. Um, we found that uh, it ranks near the top uh, for bicycle infrastructure together with uh, Vancouver and Montreal. They all did really well. And uh, there are incentives available for electric vehicles. So that really helped uh, Toronto. So before we get to Steve Monroe's reaction, which I'm very interested in hearing, which are the best transit systems in the world? What were the one, two, and three positions out of the 100 cities? Uh, so uh, actually, um, the number one city in the world um, is Hong Kong. Number two is Paris. Uh, sorry, Zurich. And number three is Paris. Mm. Um, in our research, we found that uh, under the top 10 cities, seven are from Europe. And three are in Asia. And, and in a nutshell, why are these cities at the top of the ranking? What are they doing so well? Well, the uh, Asian cities um, are pushed ahead by modern transport systems and uh, high investment in new systems. 
So Tokyo, Seoul, Beijing did really well. And, uh, and that's mostly in the people category. Uh, the European cities did really well in Planet. All top 10 um, uh, cities in the world are from Europe and, uh, and did really well uh, because of uh, their uh, focus on green space, on uh, environmental initiatives, and, and so on. If you're just joining us, we're talking about a global city's ranking of transit systems. Toronto came 54th with the TTC out of 100 global cities. When our producers approached Brad Ross at the TTC this morning, he said, we're not familiar with the study, how it was conducted or its methodology. As such, the TTC will not be offering comment on this. Perhaps a TTC board member or a member of city council uh, would be interested in commenting. We did reach out to TTC Chair Josh Cole. He was busy. Uh, with regards to what you've heard so far and what you've read, Steve, uh, what are your thoughts? Are you surprised at all by this ranking? No, I'm not surprised at all. Uh, and I think um, for Toronto to, how can I put it, this is kind of a backward compliment, to, to pat itself on the back for only being in the mid-range in the list really overstates Toronto's ranking because, as Thomas said, um, we're we're better up in the pack, about a third of the way down on the on green issues, environmental issues, um, lar- which are largely outside of the transit systems control. Uh, whereas the issues of uh, mobility, how easy it is is it for people to get around, uh, how uh, how much money are we investing in improving the system, we're much further back in the pack. So the, those three scores average together to put us in the middle. Right. We were 65th for the effect on people and 86th for economic efficiency. Yeah. Uh, a related thing on the economic thing, and this is something I checked with Arcadis before I came here, was to see just what they mean by a city, because, of course, there's the city of Toronto, the 416, and the much larger, greater Toronto area. There's a lot of money that the province is putting into expanding Go Transit, which largely serves the outlying areas, but it does little or nothing in terms of improving transit within the city. And, of course... Toronto's, the, the TTC, for all that it carries a lot of people, still only carries about one-third of all of the trips that are taken within, within the city of Toronto, which is considerably lower than the cities that ranked much higher in the study. All right, let's take a call before we go back to our conversation about Toronto's uh, somewhat dismal ranking in the world, in the global uh, ranking of transit systems. Let's go to Richard in Toronto. Hi, Richard. What would you like to add? Hi, Good afternoon. Thank you very much. Uh, I, I just found it re- found it rather curious that you know we're 54th out of 100 overall in this ranking because in 2017 uh, the TTC gr- announced that they had won the prestigious American Public Transportation Association's APTA award for Transit System of the Year. Winning the AT- APTA award is a huge honor that acknowledges the TTC as the best of the best. And I, a model of excellence, and they have this emblazoned on their subway cars. I, I just find that, that the city lately is pounding itself on the chest, saying we're wonderful. We win a bronze award, a silver award, a gold award. There's too many awards being uh, announced when, in fact, the, there's underlying causes of deficiency, you know, still in the system. And I still think the Scarborough billion-dollar subway doesn't serve the public. It should have been the LRT. A lot of people know that. And I I just think that 54 is probably more 
suited to what uh, what what we're facing right now, which which we need improvement. We we haven't uh, we've uh, we've gone too political in some of these uh, transit decisions. We're way behind in um, you know funding these things. Richard, are you a transit rider yourself? I am. I am every day taking the bus and the subway, and it's just crowded and crowded and crowded at Young and Eglinton. I take up to six times waiting for a car to get on at Young and Eglinton. We need the relief line. We don't need it far from Young and Eglinton. We need a parallel relief line. It may not be engineering. It may not be possible, but we need the option because sooner or later, everybody's going to want to work downtown at Bloor and Young, and that's where the jam is. Uh, it doesn't matter what you do. Eventually, if you feed into Young, you're still going to get crowding. So, you know, do, the, do, the, do what San Francisco did. They did the BART system. And they have a dual transit line, a subway line going together, and that gives the, the transit rider an option. If one line's too crowded, they go on the other. It also gives transit an option in case of an emergency. So people have to think outside of the box and, and get things going instead of being political all the time. Thank you, and Richard. Thanks thank for calling in. Richard sounds like he could be a guest himself. He's so, so well-versed on, on what he's saying. Steve, do you want to react to some of that? Uh, well, first off, I'd like to talk about the APTA Award. Um, the American Public Transit Association gives out an award every year, but the, the positions, the, uh, the points for which agencies are being ranked, uh, it's a self nominated award so that basically they put out a call to all the transit systems and say, hey, tell us what great stuff you've done. And uh, the TTC put together a presentation that was based on their five-year plan that Andy Byford brought in when he came here that essentially has been rebuilding the TTC after some of the cutbacks during the Ford era and also changing its focus from uh, from one that tended to look inward and react very much uh, in a defensive manner when people would criticize it to one that tries to look outward. Now, how well they've achieved that, I don't know. But noticeable by its absence in the APTA award and looking also at other cities that were in the running. It's not a case where APTA went out and looked city by city. How good is the transit service? Are people happy with it? Um, you know, is New York happier than Chicago and San Francisco and Toronto? Um, it was, it was, this was very much an award for, in effect, the rebuilding of TTC's management structure and refocusing of the organization. No, it is not an award saying, you guys run the best transit service. Uh, so they're being a bit disingenuous by putting the decals on the subway cars. Well, it's a, it's a question of what they got the award for right. and it's it it and of course everyone's reaction when those decals went up was you know come on we can't get on the system why are you touting yourself as you know the greatest system in North America well maybe maybe every other city in North America you can't get on even worse than Toronto but that's hardly something to be proud of and i think that's the reason that there's been such a mixed reaction now from the TTC's point of view they say our staff have done really good things and we really want to emphasize our pride in the work our staff and our management have done. That's a valid statement. The problem is that I don't think they really thought through the public reaction to putting those decals on the cars in terms of, you know, the people who, who try to ride the system have a very different view of things. Right. And a lot of them like Richard. I hear the stories when I'm at family parties from people who ride the TTC every day. Same thing, that they, they wait for several cars because they're all jammed before they can actually get on a subway car. Yeah.
So that is that is seems to be more the norm, at least uh, during the morning and afternoon rush hours. Let's go back to Thomas Franz, president of Arcadis Canada, involved in this global ranking. Uh, by any chance, Thomas, did you um, did you offer areas where each transit system within each city needs to improve? Did you offer suggestions of expertise? Uh, we uh, basically provided the ranking. Uh as a as a peer exchange, um, just trying to basically show cities where they sit with respect to each indicator, and uh, just by basically looking how they place, they can uh, determine where they might uh, want to do a little better. One thing I would like to add here is that um, we didn't do the study in order to just review uh, specifically the TTC or you know, the transit system in Toronto or for any specific city, but uh, we looked at the overall transportation system and it's uh, fully integrated, right? So it also includes things like the car and, uh, of course, walking, uh, cycling, and uh, uh, basically looks at this on a more holistic level. And uh, one of the reasons why um, pretty much all of the North American cities came in so far down the list is uh, primarily because there's such a high reliance on cars. Mm-hmm. So when we're looking at the uh, percentage of people who are traveling on public transport or who bike and, and walk to work or you know walk uh, wherever they need to go, um, that split is relatively low in, in North America. And uh, Toronto is not alone in that. Um, so the transit system may be quite efficient on one hand, but uh, as long as we have this uh, heavy reliance on on private vehicles, um, I think we're going to always sit in the middle of the pack at best. Uh, Steve Monroe, when you and I were talking a couple of weeks ago ago about the King Street streetcar, uh, both of us uh, commented on the air of change that seems to be happening towards bike lanes, uh, smart track, uh, the future, integrated transit systems and so on. Does the future look good for the TTC? I know you joked that maybe you hoped in your lifetime that all these extra subway lines would have opened by then. Well, uh, I'd be very guarded about that because, um, for example, the King Street pilot is, you know, you looked at at the citywide level, the chunk of King Street that's involved is a relatively small piece of one street downtown. The Bloor Street bike lane is a relatively small another relatively small chunk. Uh, and we know that any attempts to wrestle space and priority away from cars, the further away you get from downtown, the more political opposition there is. And it's hard to say whether we're going to see substantial improvements in surface transit, which may simply be a case of running more of it. You, know, you may not need infrastructure, just put more buses on the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you get further away from downtown and better improvements for cycling and uh, intersection designs that are more favorable to pedestrians, that gets to be a really hard sell the further out you get within the city of Toronto proper, the 416, the area that Arcadis was, was serving, let alone when you go out into the 905 beyond the city of Toronto. We'll leave it there. For this, for today, Steve Monroe, thank you. Thank you. Transit advocate Steve Monroe here in the studio with me and on the phone, Thomas Franz, president of Arcadis Canada. Thank you for your time. Thank you very much. You're listening to Zoomer Radio, Fight Back with Libby Snymer. I'm Jane, Jane Brown for Libby Snymer. And coming up next, are you or someone you love living with epilepsy? It's Epilepsy Awareness Month. We'll talk about that and take your calls next.
You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.